The nationwide protests over the killing of George Floyd brought many things to light, from racial inequality to police brutality. One issue that's come back to the forefront is whether or not police body cams are an effective tool to hold officers accountable. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is senior video producer, Bridget Carey, who's a video out today discussing this very issue. Welcome, Bridget. Hey, thanks for having me. So, body cameras really spiked in popularity with the police back in 2014. Talk about what really sparked this move and sort of where we are today. Yeah, it uh, really began with Michael Brown, because when he was shot by a white police officer in 2014, there was no video footage to show what happened, and the officer uh, was didn't face charges. So the family came out and said, please, we request that, you know, there's a movement that police can wear body cameras. That was pushed even further by President Obama, uh, also saying that, you know, this should be the change for the future. Then there were federal grants set up to help departments pay for them. So you did have this big increase in police departments trying to help their relationship with the community and saying, hey, we're going to have body cameras now. But I mean, that was 2014. And I feel like we're still at the same place, which is why I wanted to do this report and look into, okay, how do they work? And why are we still at the same place? And it really comes down to how different departments are using the cameras. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Just to give our listeners a sense of how broadly they're used. I know you you mentioned those grants. I think the Justice Department awarded police departments in 32 states more than $23 million for body cam. So how many police officers actually use them? Uh, the, the data right now, uh, if, when you look at the statistics, it's looking like about half of our nation right now has officers some way or another. I mean, obviously, it's hard to be exact when you have small departments and large departments. But right now, uh, the idea looks like about half the country has law enforcement wearing some kind of camera or has uh, tested out cameras in some in some way. I mean, the idea seems basic. You have officers wear cameras people will change their behavior when they know they're being recorded, right? Uh, there's more trust now when there, when there's a camera, there's more accountability. Uh, it, these were really lofty goals for one piece of tech. And there have been a few snags along the way, one of them being cost of storage, because you have all these officers recording when they come into a situation every day. So figure every officer has maybe three or four hours of recording every day they have to store in the cloud. Well, how long are they storing that? And uh, how much is you know needing to be saved? Uh, it's all different depending on every single uh, police department. So sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years. And you're looking at costs in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. One department only had five police officers in the little town of Wahoo, Nebraska. And they were looking at like something around 15 grand uh, a year. And this is like not fun. It's, it's not feasible, you know, for every department to pay this because those those grants we talked about, they don't cover ongoing storage costs. So some departments have even pulled out of using them because they don't see it's it's useful for them to be paying for it because of the storage. Right. So, and storage is definitely an issue. Cost is an issue. I think these unforeseen costs uh, are, are a real red flag. But bringing it back to you know, the, the, the ultimate idea that these cameras were supposed to bring accountability and to improve relations with the community was well, 2020 and we're still protesting about police brutality. I think things are worse than they ever are, they ever have been. So, so what happened? How did they fail to accomplish that goal? I wouldn't call them an outright failure, but it certainly is a failure in a couple of aspects. One, um, it, it goes back to how these tools 
are being used. Uh, for one, um, uh, officers have the ability, for the most part right now, to start and stop the recording on their own because they they really feel like you should have that kind of freedom. Do you really want a camera to be always turned on in every instance? No, not when you're visiting someone at the hospital, having a private conversation, or just you know having your lunch. That said, what are the punishments if you don't hit that record button when you were supposed to or finding that there isn't a lot of incentive to do the right thing or I should say, you know, punishment if you miss a recording when you're supposed to. Uh, at least that's what a lot of the researchers I talked to were saying that, you know, if if you don't activate your camera, you know, what's the consequence for that? Uh, that's that that's one area that's missing. Another area that that's missing is how can the public get access to this footage to be accountable? Um, uh, you know, countless studies have been done. And most recently, they looked at all the studies uh, and said, all right, what's the data? We're seeing that there are fewer complaints against police officers. That's a good thing. We're seeing that police officers have footage to say, hey, look, I was justified that this was a false complaint against me. Great. Cameras are showing the truth in different aspects, uh, but a camera doesn't show every angle of the story that happened, and a camera is only as good as being able to release the footage. So some researchers I talked to said, we want to see more data on can the public get access when they want to. We're seeing some change now in New York City. Uh, uh, the a mayor said that anytime now there is an incident where there's someone killed or seriously injured, they will release that footage. But for a while, there was this law that said they don't have to release anything. Well, what good is a camera then? You know, so, so that's really the problem. It, it, it comes down to not having a uniformed uh, set of rules or standards on when this footage can be released and how it can be used. Yeah, and uh, to that point of inconsistency, you mentioned New York City, Mayor de Blasio, uh, change this law. I mean, he's fairly alone, and he's he's sort of a it's sort of an isolated case, right? Because the, the the rules are very greatly, and I don't think there is any kind of national mandate to be more transparent about when they release this footage, right? We're starting to see changes when the public points their camera at a situation, and we find out that officers didn't have their cameras turned on um, over in Louisville. Uh, when there was a shooting at the restaurant owner, uh, uh, those officers who did not activate their cameras were put on leave. Uh, uh, my my questions are okay. They're put on leave, but they're suspended. You know, where are you know the 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 more serious deterrents there? You know, what's happening? So some people are losing their jobs over it uh, when when government realizes the spotlight's on them, you know. But we have to look at what's going on in terms of using them. Uh, there is some technology though that uh, is kind of starting to change that part of it, like having a camera automatically turn on when it senses something's happening. Uh, it could be when a taser or gun is pulled out of a holster. It could be also not so serious, like when uh, it, it detects a police vehicle going at a certain speed, uh, or if it detects other kind of uh, check marks you know, off their software. Um, so that way, if an officer is in the heat of the moment and can't remember to turn on their camera, it does it for them. Um, there's also talk about live streaming. So some of uh, the cameras are able to have a superior back at home base tap into what that officer is seeing in real time. That is a great advantage when something serious is going down and they can get uh, real time feedback. But 
it's something that there also can be pushback with with police unions going, wait a second, I don't want someone seeing what I'm doing at all, all times. I don't want live streaming. Only a few departments really have started to use live streaming. I think Cincinnati was one of the first that used uh, the Taser brand uh, version of uh, live streaming on their cameras. And that was just in February. So it's very early for that technology. But there's a lot of talk about that. Yeah, I also imagine there might be some privacy implications for that, too, if they can just sort of turn on and off these body cams. Uh, be, beyond the invasion of privacy for individual officers, there there could potentially be invasion of privacy for other people, right? Res- just citizens that are getting filmed without their knowledge, right? This is this is a real tough one here because uh, on on one hand, when someone's life is at stake, uh, uh, when when I look back and I say, "Wow, my privacy was endangered," but at the same time, I'm glad there was footage of something that happened, right? Uh, but uh, then again, there's cameras all around us, especially in big cities. You have the camera in the car, you have the camera on the street. So, you know, where is that privacy battle? Do you want to fight? Do you want to fight it on the on the on the body cam itself? And by the way, they're worn on the chest, sometimes on the glasses, the hat. You know, there are all different ways to have cameras. There's even cameras on guns now themselves uh, that some departments are using. So the cameras are everywhere. Um, I I think the most important fight we need to have though is the right to be able to record from our phones. Uh, and a lot of uh, uh, experts who deal with privacy and rights issues are saying that's the that's really the important thing we don't want to see pushback on because it's, you know, being able to record what we see from our phones is what's holding cops accountable immediately because to, to release this body cam footage sometimes takes really long and it's secretive. Right. So I mean, ultimately, uh, even if these police body cams are in place, a lot of the impetus, a lot of the responsibility is on us, really, to make sure our phones are on, our cameras are on, right? Uh, essentially, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Bridget, for your time. Uh, this is an interesting discussion. I'm sure it's it's not one that's going to go away. So if you have any questions about police body cams, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter. You can check out Bridget's story on CNET.com. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.